0: You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, Session 4. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where positivity and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey with the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha. I am your host, Iya Omiletti Olugbule. Welcome to the fourth session of the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of 2018. Amazing. Today's topic is Orisha Shrines. Oh my. This podcast is all about the pitfalls of setting up Orisha Shrines on your own as an alejo. If you don't know what an alejo is, it's Basically, a brand new person into the Orisha traditions and the things that you can truly do and the why. With this, let's get started. You discover the Orishas from the internet or a friend or you see someone dressed all in white and curiosity strikes you. What do you do? You hit the internet, of course. Then you fall in love with Arisha and you want to connect. You decide that in order to worship, you will get what? A shrine. Of course, a shrine. Next, you go to the Botanica and you hit up the internet and you decide that you have fallen in love with an Arisha. You place the name of Arisha here and you decide that after seeing dozens, if not hundreds of pictures, you are going to set up that shrine. You get yourself implements that you see in the picture and, and what? You're now an Arisha devotee, right? This is, this is how it is. Then you go to an online group. And you post your pictures, ta-da, look at the shrine that I have. And they ask you the magical questions, are you crowned? Do you have Ocha? How many years do you have? And then they basically are yelling, which means all in caps, no, 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 you cannot do that. What is the matter with you? Where's your godparent? And you're like, oh, I have no godparent. So what are you supposed to do? In Spanish, these traditions are known as la regla de ocha, the rules of ocha. There are rules that are here to help you. I remember when I started, I felt as though those rules were restrictive, old fashioned. They had no idea what they were talking about and I was in a bad place. I said, these people just don't know how much bigger this can grow, if they can just open up a little bit. It was it was tough. And then, I don't know if you've heard the term, the Ocha police. These are the people who feel that they have to tell you everything that is wrong with your Orisha worship. They may get very angry with the new folks and may want to eat them alive online or in person if they find out that a new person is doing this. But honestly, don't feel bad. Really, many folks have done this. And you cannot see me, but I am pointing to myself because I did. I lifted an altar to Yemaya long, long, long. Long time ago with little boats and paddles and anything blue or sea-ish, and I would go there to pray to her, and in my eyes I had an orisha in my house, and that was it. So don't feel bad, really. So if that is you, don't look at that beautiful shrine that you have gone to Michael's Walmart internet or anywhere to place all of your items there. And now you're like, oh what it, what did I do? So I want to point out that there are two types of shrines that I can say that are related to Orisha. One is in honor of an Orisha. Two is recreating an Orisha. There are two very different things. One is for reverence of that Orisha. I'm going to give you an example which may resonate to folks who come from Christian backgrounds or Catholic backgrounds. Example, the Virgin Mary. This is a lot of homes, if you were raised Catholic, they had probably a statue of the Virgin Mary when they were home. And, you know, moms and grandmas and whoever would go there and would do the sign of the cross, And they would pray a little bit and they would say, oh, Virgin Mary, you know, help me with, you know, this and this and that. And that's it. And that was it. You basically, you know, you really felt that you had a shrine to Virgin Mary there. Now, the challenge with the Orisha traditions, that it's that it's more than a statue. It's it's more than just a little picture. The challenge is... In the Orisha culture, you receive certain things. You have to go through certain procedures to get them. Okay, you may be inclined to try to recreate an Orisha. For example, this an easy example. There are elegbas and oguns that you can really see when you go to a botanica, uh, a spiritual store that has a lot of things for Orisha uh, worship. Purchasing them at a botanica and filling up a cauldron with things that you see on the internet and believing that these are Orishas, that is a big problem. In our traditions, there are two ways that an Orisha is obtained. One Through initiation, when you receive this orisha, you have to go through certain steps and only a priest of that orisha or who can give that orisha can give that to you. And two, inheritance. When a priest dies, there's certain procedures that you may inherit this orisha. An orisha may want to live with one of that priest's godchildren or relatives or priests in the tradition. So those are the two ways that you can have an erisha. In order to have an arisha that has come from a priest, there are rituals and ceremonies and they must performed in order to bring these implements to life, into your life. There may be one or many priests to help you do this for a particular orisha being given. Anything purchased or constructed will not have the prayers, the ashe from the priest, the rituals that are needed to bring this to life. An orisha must be animated. I love the saying that I heard from a priestess that I know and I that's a great way of explaining it. It's bringing these implements that you purchase to life. So an entity, an Orisha must be animated and it must be given life for you to work with you. This Orisha will be basically brought to life and told, you know, you're here to work with this person. This person is here to serve you. So, you bought this you He was so cute at the window, and those kauri eyes really got to you, and you've been staring at him, and you love the shell mouth and, and the little nose that it has, and you found a cute red and black rattle, and you give him candy and toys. Is this Alekba? Hmm. And then you found this prayer from awesome Facebook group for Elegba, and you ring your rattle here, ding, ding 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 ding. Question is, who is there? Or better yet, what is there? Do you know? Can you guarantee that that is Alegba? He might be watching. Alegba is known to do that, but. That that you have built, because it's so adorable from the botanica, that has not been awoken or birthed to work with you as the energies of a But is it, you know, is it really him? There are countless of priests who have fallen in love with Orishas and are not initiated, and in the beginning of their journey, they decided that it was going to be a wonderful idea to lift these altars. It's almost like a yes and a no at the same time because you feel that, you feel this pull, this very strong magnetic pull that you want to do this, you need to do this. But at this moment, I would say it would not be wise. There are many priests that I know that not only had Either recreated Orishas that they themselves had sort of put together from what they found, or they decided to bring a picture of an Orisha or a statue that reminds of an Orisha, and they were bringing offerings here. They were doing a lot of things. And here's the problem with that. What if there's some egun who is boundless and is walking around and, oh, there's a bright light. Somebody's praying and there's a candle too. Oh, they just put down some coffee. I'm going to go check that out. And this egun goes and lands in your house and here you are ringing a rattle, lighting a candle putting fruits and I don't know let's use a legba and candies and toys and you're putting all of these things and you're praying there every morning and every night and you are really into your prayers you really feel that you're praying to alegba and and you are ringing that rattle and you are, praying to some Orisha that you, Orisha oriki that you found on the internet, and hopefully you're pronouncing it right. And this Egun is like, I don't know what they're saying, but I like this candle. I like the fact that somebody's here paying attention to me. So here's the thing. Now you have this Egun that was just walking around and landed in your house and, you are praying to what you think is a legba, but it's some egun. We don't know what kind of egun this is. And this egun is really liking what you're doing. This egun is pretty happy that you are calling him, because now he feels this is for him every single day. And I don't know, let's say you got busy. It's been a week. You haven't gone to your Elegba shrine. And this Egung is like, wait a minute. Nobody has paid attention to me in a week. Where's my coffee? And I like my little toys. Somebody needs to run to the 99 cent store to get me some toys. Let me kind of make myself known. All of a sudden, negative things start happening in your house because this entity is not Thrilled that you have forgotten him for a week. This is what I mean by spiritually crazy things happening in your house. What do you do? Just think about that for a moment. What do you do at this time? Now, if you deset this this shrine that you have built, there will be more trouble because now that spirit is like, Oh, no, 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 no. I like this candle, I like my coffee every day, and I like my tea at night, I like my toys, and I don't know what you're saying, but I like it. You no, know, no, no. And they may continue to cause mayhem in your house. Now, I haven't mentioned Orisha because the rituals haven't been done to bring them into your home. So what do you have there that's causing havoc in your house? I've seen people who have raised so much mayhem and spiritual stuff in their house that they're like this orisha tradition is not for me. I did everything that I could and now everything is turned up, my husband and I are fighting, my kid just had an accident, I lost the keys to my car. Everything is just the energy my house is funky. It's that orisha. The orisha did that. Can you really say that it was? And then you lose your faith on something that was not caused by Arisha, that was basically caused by you raising a shrine, as simple as a shrine, caused all this havoc. What if you really have an affinity to an Arisha? Does this mean that you cannot have anything in your home what What does this mean for you? So let's go back to the example of the Virgin Mary for the Catholics. They have a statue in their home to remember their saints. they pray, they light little candles, they do their rosary prayers in front. This Virgin Mary was not birthed through ceremonies, prayers songs, herbs, and sacrifice as an orisha would be. This is a very big difference. Can I keep a little statue of a Yemaya that I bought from the Botanica and and just keep her and take care of her? Of course. Now would I sacrifice a chicken to that? No, that is not an Orisha. Would I bring a bunch of candies to that statue? I don't know. I have a statue that was given to me by a friend of mine who is my god sister during my yaoraje And it's a beautiful statue of Yemaya. Now, I am crowned Yemaya. And I keep that statue with my Orisha. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I love the way it looks. I I just, I love it. But would I keep that statue separate and bring offerings to it? I probably wouldn't. One, because I do have an Orisha in the home. And two, because it's just a representation. I like what it means to me. I like to see her. I like the, the vibes, the energy that it gives. But I don't feel that that statue is my Orisha. You can have things in your home. I don't see why you can't. The problem is when you have it, you lift a shrine and you believe that there is an Orisha there. I'm going to go back again to the Catholic statue. If you break a Catholic statue, what's in it? It's nothing. It's just an empty vessel. If I were to crack my statue of Yemaya, it's empty inside. It's an empty vessel. The best way that I could explain it is anything could go in there. Anything. So, why take a chance? If you are guilty of this, and again, you cannot see me, but I am pointing at myself, don't feel bad. Here's one, really. Don't feel bad. A lot of people coming from different traditions have done this. They fix their there shines shrines later, but a lot of us have. I'm going to give you some guidelines. If you haven't done this and are really itching to go get something, I'm going to give you a couple of guidelines and some tips to kind of help you navigate across this. Because I promise you, with time, if you're a Norisha devotee, you will get your shrines. You're going to get them. You're going to be responsible for them. You will have a lot to keep you busy. But, in the meantime, number one, do not buy any Alegbas, pods, or Orisha terrines at any botanica or internet store. Just don't. There's so many things that can go wrong with buying these things so that you can recreate them on your own. Which brings me to number two. Do not recreate an Orisha based on any book. I don't care who wrote it. Nobody. No internet source. No video on the internet. I don't care what you see in so-and-so's house. Do not try to recreate an Orisha based on anything. Three. Do not download any prayers online or through books and think that if you are praying to these, you will be praying to the Orisha, and especially the Yoruba prayers, the Orikis. If you're working with a priest and you are starting out, they might give you a prayer in your language. If you speak English, if you speak French, Spanish, that will resonate for you to start and connect. And usually, in the beginning, you will get a lot of things for egun, especially Lukumi's. They really start with egun worship. If you are in other houses, you may start with a lot of or rework, which is your highest self, and you may start there instead, so that you can connect. And you may feel, but no, I want to pray to Chango. Please give me a prayer, give me an oriki. give me something. I want to have lightning rods all over my house. I really would like to highly discourage you from doing that. It could bring a lot more problems spiritually than what you yourself are ready to handle. And then you're going to have to bring in a priest and a you're going to have to get a reading and priest and things may have to be done to your house, which is unnecessary money that could have been avoided if you just hung tight. just Just hang in there. Now, what if you're like, but I need something? I must have something. Give me something. There are many statues that represent the Orishas either in Orisha form or in the synchronized saints. For example, Chango could be a statue of a man wielding thunder in his hand or as Saint Barbara, Santa Barbara. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you know that you do not have an Orisha there, but a representation of this which you love. Another thing that I have to give you is there are many folks then when they were starting out, I didn't have that many shrines. I really just had two. And I was, that was enough for me. But there are people who then have, you know, a Yamaya shrine, an altar, a chengol, and a legba because you have to have a legba, and um, let's say the likeoya, and then obatala, and olukwu, and they have all these shrines, and their house is taken over by shrines. What happens is there's too much energy confusion in there, especially when you didn't receive these; it they weren't able to be set up by priests. The energy in that place is not going to be what you are hoping to create, which is a calm, peaceful energy. Too many shrines is not always a great thing either. I try to encourage people, which is difficult, especially since the Internet is such a major thing, to work with a priest because there are certain things that should not be together. And there are certain things that you can wait until it is the proper time for you to receive them because I can't even tell you the magic of all the spiritual, you know, things that go onto a shrine. But when you have a shrine that is properly set up and something right lives there, the correct entity lives there. It is wonderful. I have to say it is wonderful. I know a priest that when things are kind of funky, he moves his shrines around and then all of a sudden peace is back and there's something to that. I don't move my shrines a lot as he does, but I should look into that. I think he has something going cuz he's been a priest for a really long time and if it's properly set up and you have the correct entity there, and you know how to take care of it, then yes, are you interested in having an Orisha in your home like your warriors, especially in the Lukumi tradition? This is your first step or second, I would say that the Boveda is first, but it depends. Do here are my dues. Do contact a priest that you trust. In the tradition that you would like to work with, you have Lukumi, traditional Yoruba. I'm going to mention the three. Normally I say Lukumi or, or traditional Yoruba, but Lukumi, they deal with Orisha and you're not going to hear Santa Barbara, but some folks do both in that tradition. Santeria, you would hear Santa Barbara San Lazaro instead of Babaluaye or Obaluaye, then that would be Santeria or traditional Yoruba. And that comes straight from Nigeria. It is not, um, they do things a little bit different. Their system is different. Their initiations are different. Do get in contact with a priest within the tradition that you are most comfortable with and do get a reading. See if this is a step for you to receive XYZ. Do participate in the process of receiving your Arisha. There are some folks, for example, when I received my warriors, I was asked to bring a list of things. And I brought it to the Babalawo because my first um, Alekba was from Ifa. And he said, okay, I'll call you and I'll let you know when it's ready. And I left. I wish that I would have said, I would like to stay, can I help, or something. I understand that many priests will not allow an allegio to participate in any way, and it is understood that there are many things that go into an orisha, but maybe, I don't know, maybe... There are things that could be done if it's done in a group. Maybe you can participate in making the food or clearing the space. Participate. I feel that when you are in participation of receiving an Orisha, there is a bigger connection than if, okay, here's your Orisha, here you go, and his name is so-and-so, and his path is so-and-so, and here's a list of what to do, and bye, have a good life. There's a big difference of, Watching or participating or being around an entity being birthed to work with you. There's something just super amazing about that. And I can say that there are several Alegbas in my life. And the one that I connect with the most is the one that I was there and participated and was around in its creation. And I love him so, so much and I connect with him and I participated. Everything that I have that I've participated or been around in, I have truly connected with. So do participate in the process. If you cannot be in the room, I don't know, be around and you'll hear the prayers and you'll hear the songs and just think about it. They're creating this for me, for me to work with. It's going to help me. It's going to help me spiritually. It's going to help me evolve. It's going to help me get better. So, do participate. Do, here's another do. Do get assistance with setting up a shrine. The first shrine that you should set up would be the ancestral shrine. If you're following the Lukumi path, you'll hear it being called a boveda. If you follow, for example, another path, just the ancestral one, it will be slightly different. Do get assistance from a priest. To help you set that up. It might be tempting. It might be. But steer away from trying to recreate an Orisha Shrine. Based on what you see on the internet. Bad egg wounds, Chaos in the house. It is so not worth it. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because I... I may tell the stories. I think we may have to do another one because the shrine issue has been an ever flowing question in our Facebook group and other groups. You know, I've set up a shrine. I want to set up a shrine. What do I do? Where do I go? And I feel that the trouble that it brings is not worth it. Just take your time. If you have To say, you know, oh, I love Yemaya and I need to have her. The truth is, Orishas are around us constantly. They are the element. Whoever tells you that they only live in their shrine is crazy. You cannot contain the ocean. You cannot contain thunder. You just cannot. They are all around us. But those shrines that are given to us through initiation or other means, or when we go to worship in our godparents' house, those are animated, brought back to life, so that when we go there, they can be called upon to go to that spot to commune with us, to listen to us, to accept our uh offerings, our ebos, to give us some counsel. They are there for that. Do you think they're going to stay there the whole time? No. My dad's going to go run some ocean and some waves and underneath, and she's going to go help some women get pregnant and in their marriage and motherhood issues. She's not going to live there in my tureen, in my pot all the time. I, I know you want to have a shrine. And if you're looking at your shrine right now, and this is you, you know what? don't feel bad. Don't let anyone make you feel bad. A lot of us have done this, but now if you know better, you do better. You can go, if you have recreated something, you're going to have to de it, pull it apart. And one thing that I could suggest is as you're pulling it apart, take your time and you know, you apologize. And you said, my heart was in the right place my heart was in the right place. I really wanted to worship, but this is not the right way. I need some assistance in getting this together. And when the time is right, I know that I will get what I receive. You pull it apart. You. I don't ask that you get rid of all of it, especially if it's a tureen and it costs you money. Just save it. You might need it for your own initiation. And boy, will you have a story to tell. Uh, if you have filled an Agum pot with I've seen it with a bunch of rocks and a bunch of chains. I've seen a bunch of stuff and any metal, anything, spoons, knives, forks, pitchforks, everything in there and wrapped it with a chain and do a whole bunch of stuff because it looks really good from the internet. I would discourage you to do that. The energies that could could be called upon it are not worth it. And the truth is, we're here to honor orisha and they're here to help us. Well, we have reached the end of the fourth episode, the fourth session of the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. It was fun. I am looking forward to a year of fun topics and podcasts. For the show notes for this episode, go to www.orisha.com wisdom.com forward slash session four and there you can receive all the show notes and anything that we mentioned if you're interested in reaching out to our facebook group definitely come on over we would love to have you as part of the community there will be two questions asked and you can answer them and join us it would be the facebook group is the Orisha Wisdom Community. And that way, come on over, join in our conversation. Let us know if you are one of these people who had a shrine and all of the stuff. You know, we're here to support each other. We definitely believe in community and we are not going to bash you for that because a lot of us have been so guilty of it. So thank you again for listening. I will see you on the next one. Odabo. Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha is all around us. Be blessed and until next time.